This podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. You know, I never thought I would be that guy at the gym, you know, where, you know, you're just like, you're getting, you know, your ex don't give, you know, like you're just, you're pounding it out and you're doing that last thing and you're just like, yes! Like, you know, you be, like you just kind of like just it's only like you're just gonna vomit and die after doing that <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just like so by the last one you're like Hurry! like <laughs> it's just anyway wow well at least now we know how you're gonna die and as long as i got my suit and die i'm gonna leave it all on the floor tonight you are listening to Keep It Classy, your first stop for all things fighting games. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or check out our website at keepitclassy.podbean.com. Or please drop us an email at keepitclassypodcast at gmail.com. We would be glad to hear from you. Hey, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? You are listening to Keep It Classy, your first stop for all things fighting games. We're so happy to have you back with us for round number 22, uh, which is season two, round, fuck, seven? Yeah, seven, seven, that's what it is. It's seven, it's seven, I got it, I'm good. Okay, okay, uh, <laughs> I'm your host, as always, uh, Pockbell, a.k.a. Keith Barletta. And with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, uh, David Ivey, a.k.a. Savage. What's up, Savage? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm trying to uh, not black out to a coma after eating a bunch of Japanese food and, uh, and a huge beer. Uh, so, yeah. Super That's excited. good. That's a good goal. Yeah. I got, I got all this energy to burn, and all my body wants to do is sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, uh, if I sound weird to anybody or... Um, I've got a new microphone, and I'm still kind of working out uh, some of the kinks. But, uh, yeah, it, it'll all work out for you guys in the end. You guys are going to be receiving the end of it. But the downside is you're going to hear, you may hear some of, some of this. Some of, you know, like a, a little bit of, a little bit of me beating my keyboard to death. It's, uh, uh, it's like we're in the room with you. It, it gives us personality. It makes it uh, <laughs> intimate. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so, um so yeah, oh man, people at home. All right, this is just to open this up. So, uh, you know, if you guys are at home, I know I know a lot of fighting game people. You guys work out, right? You're like, man, you know, I could bench press like three steers over my fucking head and just just like, oh, just like you know, I could bang it out. If you want to feel like the biggest bitch in the entire universe, oh my God. take one CrossFit class <laughs> because I've been taking them and I am just, I I feel, See, I don't I, know, I, I feel like one of those little girls from Game of Thrones, dude. I'm just like, just don't cut me anymore. I'm, I can't. Like, dude, <laughs> just, I don't even, see, you, you paid all this money for a CrossFit class and all I had to do was call my dad and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I feel like a little girl. No, dude, it was, it was uh, for these eight classes, it was 50 bucks. That's oh, it. Wow. Yeah, no, because they're like, we're not going to charge you a bunch of money to do this to you. <laughs> like, it's just... That's insane to me, man. <laughs> no, it's straight up, if, if anyone has looked it up, it's straight up kung fu flick bullshit, where it's like, do this a hundred times, and then jump up and down and do it again. Like... It doesn't make any sense to me. It's just human misery. They pay you 50 bucks to work you like a slave. It's Because what it is is it's like you work out for 40 minutes-ish. You work out for 40 minutes, and you don't do super intense stuff, but you're going to be covered in sweat by the end of that 40 minutes. And then they do 10 to 15 minutes of, like, hyper-intense, full body. Like, they always, they're like, we work out your whole body all at once. And so <laughs> we were doing, like... 10 to 15 minutes of burpees, and you know what? It's awesome, too, because I'm like, man, I could, like, I could fucking, like, curl, you know, beer kegs and two arms at the same time, but you asked me to lift my own body weight, and I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna pass out, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, nope. So. Nope. <laughs> that does me grow. Nope. <laughs> You know, if you, if you, awesome. I would rather take that money and just buy, like, a, a weight set. 
and then leave it in my living room to give the impression that I work out right. rather than actually go there and sweat like that. <laughs> That's terrible. That's just terrible. That's not why I play fighting games. If I'm going to go that far, I might as well fucking learn how to fight again. Yeah, dude. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so we are <laughs> We're Keep It Classy, your first stop for all things fighting games. If you guys ever want to get in touch with us, uh, drop us an email at keepitclassypodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to us also on iTunes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and five-star us and give us reviews and the whole thing. Really, really means a lot to us. Keeps us going and keeps us uh, working hard for you guys. You know, uh, so, uh, you're making it sound like we like we need it. We don't need it, okay? All right? He's, he's making us... You're making us make me feel kind of needy about it. We're not. We don't need it. Okay. We would oh. like for you to subscribe. All right, but we don't need it. All right. Right. So we like go up to that chick at the bar, and you're like, I don't need you to sleep with me. I'd like that, you know. But yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. so you can't show desperation. It scares right. everyone off. You know. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm just uh, saying, you know. Yeah, no. If you guys uh, are compelled, it really means a lot to us when you uh, when you subscribe and whatever. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Classy Podcast. Uh, pretty pretty awesome. And uh, check out our website if you want to see our. Um, uh, I don't know how most of you guys stream it, but we have all of our episodes live uh, with a bunch of descriptions and stuff like that. Uh, and you can put comments and and embed it on Facebook and whatever. Uh, all from our website, which is keepitclassy.podbean.com. Uh, so yeah, however you guys listen to the show, we want to thank you guys again for, for sticking around with us. So what you can expect from us today, we're coming up on the world championship of fighting games. We are coming up on Evo 2014. We're going to talk about a little bit of our predictions and previews for the, for Evo this year. Um, we're going to do, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about some games that are coming out this fall. Uh, and our main topic for the day is going to be how do we need to lower the barrier of entry for fighting games? What is the barrier of entry? How do we lower it from our end as as gamers? And how should uh, our developers be be lowering it? And our character of the week this week uh, is one of Savage's favorites. It's uh, Falco <laughs> from Smash Bros. Super Smash Brothers Melee. <laughs> you know what? Even in Star Fox 64. He was just a star scream of Team Fox. And, and <laughs> I, just, I, can't, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Whatever. So, uh, yeah, we're going to break down some Smash Bros for you guys. And, uh, and yeah, so let's jump right into this. Uh, so first thing we're going to talk about is Evo 2014, your lineup this year, is going to be, it's going to, you got Ultra Street Fighter 4. You got Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. You got Killer Instinct. You got Injustice. You got King of Fighters. You got Blaze Blue, baby. Blaze Blue's back with a vengeance. Uh, you're gonna have Tekken Tag Tournament 2, and you're also going to have Super Smash Bros. Melee. <sighs> it's gonna be so hype, actually. Did you know a lot of the Smash Bros. players have all gotten sponsored after Evo 2014? Oh, Jesus fucking They've got their yes. own teams now. It's not going nowhere. Oh, my God. And, you know, it's just... It, and Nintendo is like Capcom. It's another company that just keeps dropping the ball. But people mm. keep backing them. I don't get it. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so this year, some exciting stuff. Namco Bandai, which I believe they're one of the official sponsors this year for Evo, they dropped $5,000 pot bonus for Tekken Tag Tournament 2. If that's not enough to get some of the best Tekken players in the world there, I don't know what else is. No, but, that, uh, is, that is exciting. Namco, it, it, you know, I have no commentary for Namco other than, yo, keep being Namco. Uh, <laughs> they keep making the right calls. Yeah. Everyone, what makes the difference is, like, what got Mortal Kombat going was they kept putting money in all the pots. But Mortal Kombat came out, was it Mortal Kombat 9? Yeah. They kept sweetening the pots, and then all of a sudden I was excited to see it at Evo because I had actually seen people play it when I was waiting for, you know, like, the Street Fighter matches to start up. Well, and there's also something really nice to know specifically what the stakes are. You know, you know someone's first place is going to walk away with $5,000 at least. You know why they're fighting so hard, and you know why, you know, you can put yourself in their shoes a little bit. What would you do for five grand on off of a day's work? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh... And just the guy... Just the guys working up to Evo now. I don't, 
it adds a little extra to their story. Like, yeah. the, I always bring it up, but the guy that sold his his rims to get his son to Evo, those are the stories we need to make uh, eSports a big thing. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, so, yeah, so those are, that's your lineup for Evo, Evo 2014. It's going to be awesome. And they also, uh, you know, but it, it, I really, the thing that really makes me happy about this is you see, you know, fighting game companies take their games seriously. They always take their games seriously. I can't say that they don't. But the past two or three years is when they've started to take tournaments a little bit more seriously. Okay? So seeing pop bonuses like this, because also Capcom gave $10,000 to Ultra Street Fighter, and you're going to see the five gods of fighting games uh, that are coming out. Uh, they're all flying out here from Japan uh, to see, to, to play, to play in the <laughs> in Ultra Street Fighter 4. Like, it's... Uh, Pretty badass. Like, if that's not a, a mythical, you know, like, uh, final event for Evo, I don't, I don't know, man. I was just, I was just giving Namco a hand job for doing the same thing, and then Capcom went and did it better this year. Uh, yeah. I yeah. love that they're bringing the five gods to Evo. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and if you guys don't know who the five gods are, it's Sako, uh, who plays, he plays like Evil Ryu and. Uh, Ibuki and all these crazy fucking characters. He plays, uh, you got Daigo, of course, my man. I'm gonna be gunning for you, Daigo, today. This is the year I'm thinking you bring it back for me, my man. Uh, he plays Ryu and Evil Ryu. You got Tokido, you got Mr. Murderface, who plays Akuma, and I think he plays Evil Ryu now as well. I think? Not sure. I, I'm not sure who he actually plays. You got Nuki, um, I'm actually, uh, I'm bad. I don't know who Nuki actually mains now. Uh, now oh, that like. Ultra's come out, uh, and Haitani, who plays Makoto. <laughs> I'm so stoked, right? Like, there will be blood. <laughs> he put work in. Like, I saw a video of him putting work in with Makoto, and it was it was brutal, man. It was, you know, what? it looked like a bullying ad. Like, don't let this be your child. And she's like choking people out and punching them in the dick. Like, stand up to bullies in your neighborhood. <laughs> don't let Makoto do this to your kid yeah dude I mean and not just these guys you're gonna have like Gamer B and Infiltration and Punko like all these dudes coming out here this is going to be absolutely stunning to see I mean if if nothing else Ultra Street Fighter 4 is going to be pretty fantastic I'm hoping I, I don't foresee uh, us having a repeat of Arcade Edition where when Arcade Edition came out it came out in a pretty similar time to when Evo was coming out. Like, it came out, and then Evo happened, like, a couple of months later, and it was, like, Yun's, like, across the whole... Oh, you know? terrible. Um, and Yun is is one of the... is back on top again in this in this particular edition of Ultra Street Fighter 4. But I... Oh. He is. But I think that uh, we're going to see some more excitement uh, in the top eight this yeah, year. Even so, fuck that, because the Beast is in there, and he's playing some version of Ryu. Yeah. I hope it's evil Ryu. And I hope he, I hope he murders some face because those guys are gonna keep it. Cause you know what? No matter what, no matter what the fucking tier whores do, there's so many specialists now that have specialized for so long. I don't see them giving up their uh, favorite characters just because of a tier list. Yeah, the only guy that's given up his character that is like super that you will know him for is PR Rog. I don't think you're gonna see any Balrog play this this year. Uh, it, it makes me sad, but PR Balrog is going to be playing Evil Ryu, and he might be playing Yang or Jury. We'll see. Whoa. Yeah, no, he's uh, his Evil Ryu combos are like, it's like watching Sako play. Like, this dude's got execution, because he plays Balrog, so all of his combos are, like, on point every single time. Like, he never drops his combo. He's awesome. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be absolutely crazy. And, you know... Blaze Blue, I'm so happy that it's just here. I'm happy it's here. It wasn't really here last year. I'm hoping that it takes more of a spotlight this year um, because Chrono Phantasma is a great game, and you're starting to see people kind of stray away from Broken OA a little bit. Oh, um, hopefully, I'm, <laughs> I forgot King of like I forgot about King of Fighters. I'm not gonna lie, like I forgot <laughs> about it. But I'm like, hey, King of Fighters is gonna be there. Great. Uh, I'm hoping. Uh, I see a team go to the top eight that doesn't have Mr. Karate in it. Or that's, Benny Maru. Actually, that's not true. Benny Maru is kind of cool to watch, but I don't like watching Mr. Karate as much. Yeah, no, Mr. Karate just looks like, okay, this guy just really wanted to win. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, 
little bit. But, but yeah, uh, I'm yeah. still I'm super excited for Blaze Blue. Um, just because there's still a lot of guys that are going to be there, like with Street Fighter, that are specialists. I know that, and I forgot his name because I drink too much. Uh, the dude that specializes in Carl is going to be there, and I'd love to see him get to the top eight. Well, and you know, the hidden, the hidden, um, the hidden hype, like the game that's going to kind of have the secret hype that, like, if you watch it, if you happen to watch it that day, I'm going to be watching it because I, I start like at 10 a.m. and I, crack out for 12 hours on finals day but uh injustice i think is going to be if not the hypest the second hypest compared to street fighter this year injustice has been around long enough they haven't done a new patch i've seen enough character diversity in this game uh stray i've seen people i've started to see people stray away from black adam and superman for long enough that i you're we're gonna i think it's gonna be a really really intense injustice bracket this year that's what I would love to see. I would love to see some sex Luthors. I would love that. Yeah. I would. I would love to see some cyborgs. I, yeah. Um, but yeah. I'll, you know, I'll get into that when we talk about barrier to entry. But um, but yeah. No. I, I'm. I have hope. High hopes for injustice. But the last Evo broke my heart. And, yeah. The uh, last Evo was a little heartbreaking, and I think we're gonna have a far stray from that all the tournaments that i've watched if the ones that i've watched are any indication recently you're gonna see you might see a superman like you know uh like last year's evo champion or you know like that kind of thing at 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 evo but i don't know if we're gonna see a, it's gonna be exciting no matter what i guess is what i'm gonna say the character roster i think is gonna be diverse enough um and they're not uh they're done with injustice now no more patches i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they're not releasing anything else they're focusing all their effort now on mortal kombat 10 yep which is cool i like mortal kombat um you know i love mortal kombat i just suck at it (laughs) the block button dude uh, it's tough it ruins me it's all over and i suck at cross-up so you would think i would love it but no i don't get mortal kombat um so yeah, that's gonna be fun because I'm gonna buy that game and be terrible at it all the way through. Yeah, but it's gonna have a pretty badass storyline, which we'll. Oh, uh, that's why I love. That's why I love. But I want to touch on really briefly as well because we started to see a, little, a few more videos and we love Arc System, so we gotta we gotta hype it up a little bit. Uh, the new Guilty Gear is coming out this fall. Like they've got a, an American release date this fall. It's called Guilty Gear XRD. And it's basically, they're doing to the Guilty Gear franchise what they did to Street Fighter when Street Fighter 4 came out. They're giving it new models, they're making it super fancy, and they're sort of trying to stray. They're keeping the same kind of anime look, I guess, to the thing, but it looks like, I guess it looks more cel-shaded now. It looks more like a comic book uh, playing out now than anything else. And they're having, like, super animated, they're having animated supers that are, like, cutscenes, and the game looks really, really cool. Uh, so if you guys are Guilty Gear fans, or even if you're not, I think this game is going to really be, uh, I'm hoping that what happened to Street Fighter 4 is going to happen to Guilty Gear. You're going to see this become more of a regular thing. Uh, because I really like the art style. I really like, I mean, and those characters, I love Blaze Bloom, but the Guilty Gear characters have always been very close to my heart and have always had a very special place. Cause they're all based on like hard, heavy metal songs. Like <laughs> it's awesome. Good. I, I do. I do love Guilty Gear, and I was I was iffy about them doing this reboot. Well, not a reboot, the sequel, because I was I was treating it like a reboot. I'm like, oh, I don't need to go back. I don't need Dark Darkstalkers Resurrection, whatever the crap it is. But I saw a video. This game looks awesome. It looks awesome. I was worried about the style, but they it kept their own style, and it's. Like, with Street Fighter 4, I feel like they took things away to make it simpler. And then when I'm looking at this Guilty Gear game, it just looks better. It looks focused, I guess, is what it is. It looks very yes. much more, like, a, like refined and focused. But they're still, it's still going to feel like Guilty Gear at the end yes. of the day. And uh, they've got a new their Roman cancel system, which is where you can, like, spend meter to interrupt a move or whatever. It looks like it has a... They have, it looks like they have a new Roman cancel system where you can use meter to basically like slow down time for a second or two to continue hmm. a combo. It's really interesting uh, when you see it in action. So it can be used defensively and offensively to slow down time just for your opponent, not for you. Um, really interesting uh, uh, gameplay. So I'm excited to see uh, what, what comes out 
for uh, from our friends at Arc System this year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic, and uh, you guys should check it out. There's a lot of cool videos. The first uh, Guilty Gear tournament, uh, XRD tournament that they've done is gonna be on is on shore. You can you can watch a lot of some of the new characters and stuff like that. They got a dude. Who's like? I think he's like a quadriplegic in a hospital bed, and his hospital oh. bed turns into a it turns into a murder mech. It's weird. Dude, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and when he gets knocked down, it turns back into a hospital bed, and he's just laying in it. It's it's fucking weird. I love it. Yeah, no, I I only got halfway through that tournament before I was like, I'll come back to this when I'm sober. Yeah, no, you're it's gonna trip you out. But if you've been a Guilty Gear fan. This is going to feel right at home for you guys, and there's a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, I mean, just, yeah, the G- Guilty Gear's always been about style, and this game has got it in spades from what we've seen of it so far. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk a little bit. Let's move on to our main topic. Let's talk a little bit about um, how do we need to... How do we need to lower the barrier of entry for fighting games? But first, let's, let's talk about what is the barrier of entry for fighting games? Right, so Savage, what is the barrier of entry? What is what is the barrier of entry for fighting games? Well, the most basic one that I always forget about is the simple fireball motion. Okay, <laughs> like that's a very basic barrier of entry that a lot of people that don't play fighting games have no idea what to do, and it's something you just say like, "Oh, it's just a fireball." Yeah, and and that's the thing is like, uh, what a barrier of entry actually is. Is it's just what's how what stops you from just picking up the game once, and what what like what stops you from picking up the game once and playing it again? You know, like you pick it up once at a party. Uh, if the barrier of entry is really high, you're not going to want to play that game again after you played it once or twice with your buddies. You know, if you can get past the barrier of entry, that's where you start to get into the meat and potatoes, and you start playing the game regularly. You start trying to get better. You know, so the barrier of entry is this like invisible wall that is created uh and fighting games have always 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 had this problem more than any other genre i would say any other genre uh with the exception of maybe real-time strategy games the only thing i can think of that's worse would be like crusader kings because i have to to look up a wiki to play that game yeah barrier of entry is how (laughs) What like the how much uh, information needs to be front loaded to you before you're ready to play that game, you know? Because a lot of people don't have time for that shit anymore. We don't want it. We don't need it. We don't like it. Like we don't like uh, like Savage. You brought up the fireball motion. We don't yeah. like having to memorize a bunch of commands for our games. We don't. You know, it's not really something that we, especially not when you look at a character and his move list is like 20 special moves long and he's got six different buttons and you're like, what the fuck? And he can throw and he can yeah. counter. And you're like, huh? It's all, and the, and the worst part is, on top of all that, most of them are built around arcade sticks. So that's already a monetary and a whole nother skill set. Because I remember the biggest thing was moving from using like a controller to using a stick. And that was the biggest hurdle for me. And that was a $50 hurdle just to start jumping over. Yeah, and, and you don't have to use a stick. But a lot of people will argue that to play at a high level of competitive play, a lot of the motions are easier when you have a special controller just for fighting games. You know? Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what a barrier of entry is. is how much, It's like this brick wall that gets kind of dumped in the player's lap when they first turn the game on and they're ready to play. Right? So how... Okay, first of all, how do we need to lower the barrier of entry for fighting games? If you make it too low, a lot of people will argue that, hey, you know, I mean, the, the common argument is when is if you make the barrier of entry super low, then the game will be super simple. And I don't know if that's entirely true. You know what no, I mean? I, I mean, there's easier ways to put complexity into I mean, not easier ways. Uh, let me just throw everything I just said right out the window. There's... There's clever ways to add complexity to your game, but I don't know what they are because I'm not uh, that that talented of a game developer. But I, I don't even want to. I don't even go down. I don't even want to go down that road. That's a terrible road to go down. Like the best way to think about it is like this: um, Mortal Kombat games ease the uh, barrier of entry because their games lend themselves to taps and directions yeah. and four buttons on the face of a controller. 
Yeah. And, and then, the, then you can just use the shoulder buttons to block. It lends itself very easily to a controller. That's one barrier of entry that is just removed. Well, well, yeah, just straight up removed. It's the execution. There's an execution yeah. thing that can be done to lower it's the barrier of entry. Exactly, and it makes perfect sense. Like, a thing about fireball motion is you have to roll your thumb in a ver- Think about that motion. A fireball motion is something you only do in fighting games, and it's something you just, that rolling motion, you only learn for fighting games. I have never used that motion in anything other than maybe a third-person action brawler. Mario Party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like, so just... Maybe a rhythm game. Rhythm game, too, I guess you could, you could say that. Yeah, so, like, Mortal Kombat and games like it, pull that, take that right out. They say tap down and forward and hit the button. In that order, you'll do a fireball. Easy to understand. And then, you know... Easy controls lead to easy tutorials that ease people into the game. And then we talked about it earlier. A good story mode is another way to ease people and get them over your barrier of entry because they want to see the ending of the story. And then next thing you know, they've beaten the game and have a basic understanding of how the game is played. Yeah, a story mode. I think I think we're on to something with. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out right now to uh, extra credits because uh, they totally do something about this kind of. And I'm going to reference them a little bit uh, as we go forward. But um, having separate modes where one mode is, like you said, like in Mortal Kombat, there's like a story mode, right? Where you go and you play the story mode and you don't have to go online to have a competitive, fun, immersive experience in the story mode. You can have something that keeps you going through that game, which in that game is the lore and the story and the gore and the and the fun, you know, and beat the shit out of people. Uh, You're living through a kung fu flick. Yeah, living through that, like having separate modes for um, for uh, single player and multiplayer. So I think, but I think, and this is where I'm going to reference uh, uh, extra credits a little bit. Uh, they brought up an excellent point where a lot of other games approach the barrier of entry uh, by reducing the amount of information that's front loaded to you as a player. And, you know, we've got, you know, lowering the execution of certain uh, moves, like making the special moves easier to do, making the combos easier to do, you know, making the move list smaller, more compact, giving more information when you're looking at the move list. Like, that's all great. But I think, at least for single player, when you're playing through story modes, we're going to have to see the introduction of, uh, and this is, and, and don't freak out people at home, I think we're going to need to see a little bit more World of Warcraft in the beginning. Because, And let me explain. When you start okay. in World of Warcraft, you've got two abilities that you can use. Maybe. Right? You've got like your... So, your, your, your buttons that you have to worry about, you have two. You have two buttons. Like, fireball, frostball. Like, those are your two buttons. And move. Okay? And the game slowly brings your character into their full roster of things that they can do. And I think that we're going to have to start to see something like that uh, in a separate mode from competitive mode uh, in fighting games. So in a story mode like Mortal Kombat, a way to combine, compound on that is, you know, you start off the game only being able to punch and kick and you don't know how to do special moves. And the game gives you tooltips like, this is a great opportunity to counter and, you know, like... The game like walks you through all the basic con- you know concepts, uh, so that you don't get front loaded all of the tools of the game all at once. You don't have access to them. You know what I mean, Savage? No, that's that's exactly leads into why I was going to say Mortal Kombat started off very well, and Namco picked it up and ran with it because, as you know, you know our our buddy has been playing with Pac here, and they've been playing a lot of Tekken 2. And so they finally get me, or Tekken Tag 2. So they finally get me to get Tekken Tag 2 by gifting it to me. Uh, and I, <laughs> We tricked you. I, um, so I load it up, and I'm like, all right, uh, let me go to the tutorial. And it's a hilarious, like, bulk and skull-like adventure. This jackass in a blouse creates a super robot, and then accidentally deletes its memory. So he has to train a new robot 
to fight just because he wants to beat up three dudes. <laughs> and, so, and so it's this super petty, like super villain plot. And as you're going through it, this obnoxious dude just—he's like, "Ha yes, excellent!" The whole time <laughs> as he walks you through the battle system. And I did it in one sitting because it was just fucking hilarious. And I'm like, "Oh man, this is hilarious!" And at the end, you get this great cutscene where you—the robot walks in, and they're like, "That's the robot that's gonna fight us." And the robot starts beating the shit out of these guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's satisfying because you're like, "I trained that robot." That's my robot whooping that guy's ass. And I now know how to play Tekken Tag 2. Exactly. So not front-loading all the information and just playing through a story plus integrating one move at a time or a couple moves at a time until you have, and not just the moves, but, you know, integrating some of the strategy of, you know, how to, like, when someone jumps, these are the moves you should probably use. You know, some of the strategy for each of the characters and stuff like that. It will just make things so much better for people who want to learn how to play. Yeah, you know? I really, I want to give, I want to give Mike Z twenty grand to make a tutorial for two D fighters like that because yeah. I like how Skullgirls started, but they clearly didn't have the money to finish. Yeah, their tutorial system is really good, and they give you a ton of information, and they they're able to do it. But it still feels a little like it still feels like you're staring at the you know the, you're sitting at the bottom of a mountain and you're looking at the top and everybody at the top is having fun but you still have to climb that mountain before you can start having fun you know and you're like do I really want to climb this mountain I mean the guy has a path here and there's stairs carved into the side of the mountain and there's signs pointing me where to go but I don't know if I really want to climb this mountain you know and it's just like we need to kind of be tricked a yeah. little bit you got to ease me into it because yeah like. Yeah, it's yeah. You got to <laughs> it, it, You have to be tricked. There's no other way to put it. Because I was totally tricked. I literally looked at this tutorial, and by the time I was laughing, I was already two missions in, and I'm like, ah, fuck. And <laughs> <laughs> so you're just done. So I mean, really, that that removes a lot of barrier of entry. Another huge barrier of entry. And I apologize to anyone, if you're even out there, that cares. All the other fellow zoners, zoning characters are a huge barrier of entry for newbies like you cannot believe. Like It's half the reason why I can't teach anyone fighting games. They're like, oh, teach me how to play fighting games like you. I'm like, when you fight someone, think of the one thing that they hate the most, and you do it until they make a mistake and you kill them. And how do you, like, that is the, you're trolling people. You're, (laughs) that's what you do. And then so, especially if you have a a powerful zoner, or not even powerful, a balanced zoner is going to seem powerful to a new player. Imagine what, how many people would never have touched Deathstroke if you didn't have to fight a Deathstroke until you had gotten to level 15 in Injustice. Exactly. Imagine if, like, if you play, if you play Tager, your Tager doesn't have to go up against a Hazuma or Arakune until your your rank is like 15 or something like that, so that you could get a chance to get into the game before you meet a guy that could just shut you out of everything you do. Yeah, and they try to do that by you know when you do ranked by having you play against people who are you know quote unquote similar to your skill level, but there's always loopholes and there's always ways through it. And so when we talk about, I mean, let's talk a little bit about how do we lower it from our end? How do they lower it from their end? We need to have you guys, you, you, it's a fight, a new fighting game player is a delicate flower. And you really just have to, you have to build their confidence piece by fucking piece. <laughs> it's like, it's just gotta go, especially if you've never played a fighting game before. Um, you know, having, having a wow start where you've got a story and you can only use a couple of moves and you kind of build your confidence with killing boars in the forest before you show up at Ogremar and there's like level 80 people riding dragons everywhere and you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. You know, like you, you gotta, you have to be built up just the right way so that when you see the meat and potatoes of the game, it looks appealing to you or you can at least understand why it's appealing to everyone else. And before any, before we get any of those emails, yes, we're all aware of the shitty 
3D Mortal Kombat games that came straight to PlayStation. Yes, we know they did that with the story mode. Yes, we know it was boring when they did it. That's why we want you to do it well this time. Exactly. There are ways to do this uh, better. That's just an example. But there has to be a way to build... Because in every other game except for fighting games and maybe real-time strategies, but even like when you look at the tutorial for StarCraft, anybody can pick up StarCraft now and play it. Maybe not StarCraft 1, but StarCraft Heart of the Swarm, anybody can pick up that fucking game and play it. Even if you've never played an RTS before, you could pick it up and slowly but surely understand how to play it. Yeah. Uh, because Blizzard took the time, and they're like, this is really important uh, for new people to come. And that's that's the thing. Is The other thing about companies is that we need to focus less, um, and again, it's not going to make things as bad as you think it is, people at home. We need to focus less on making the people who are already on board happy, and more on bringing in people who don't even know yet. See, you know? No, oh, but that's dangerous, because when you say it like that, you get you get the X factor. You yeah. see, you see, like, eh, it's a dangerous thing, because I feel like there's probably some dickbag whose job is to listen to podcasts like this and report to a company and he's going <laughs> to say something stupid like X-Factor. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, is X-Factor is... Um, what's a good example of what X-Factor is? See, it's it, just this thing where they're like, see, we do care about women in film. You know, like, it's one of those things where you look at Trinity and you're like, see, here's a strong female <laughs> character. This is great, right? Right, everybody? And you're like, well... But I wouldn't want to be her if I had to be, you know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's, no. it's, it's one of those things where they're like, check out X-Factor, and you're like, yeah, it's great, but I won't want to be on the other end of X-Factor. It's fun yeah. when I'm, you know, when I when other people, when I do it to other people, but not when it's done to me, you know, like, I don't know, I don't really, I, I don't really uh, like that. So I think it's it's a cop-out. This The gem system and, and X-Factor oh, okay. were a terrible way to try and get new people into games by adding simple depth. Uh, it doesn't need, the game itself doesn't need any depth. You know what I mean? Like, Street Fighter 4 doesn't, there's, if, if there was a mode in Street Fighter 4 that did exactly what we did, where you could pick a character and there's a story mode and it walks you straight through and whatever, and you can learn the moves, you learn everything, or at least it, you know, it builds your confidence, anybody can play Street Fighter, guys. You know, anybody. Anybody can play Street Fighter. But you need to have something that will hold your hand through this. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, yeah. And it's just, yeah, like, and also, like, lowering the barrier of entry is, it's still, this is still going to be a niche thing, but you got to make it easier for people to get into it, not harder. I don't, but I don't want to see X Factor, you know, like, I don't want, <laughs> like, I'm worried, like, I agree with what you're saying, it's just when you say it, I feel like. <laughs> when you say it like that. Yeah, I just, uh, uh, <laughs> but I can't think of another way to phrase it. I just want, yeah, no, I just, I just want to ease the barrier of entry. I want there to be barriers. That's, that's the point of fighting games. It's about achievement. I need there to be barriers. I just need, I need them to be even. And all, and like, think about it like this. Like, the, everyone takes to 3D fighters much easier yeah. because once you understand how the game plays, it's a basic, it's like fighting in real life, except we can see all around you. If a guy's going to punch me in the top of my head, I should put my arms up. If, <laughs> yeah. if he's trying to punch me in the dick, I should put my arms down. You understand that. And if a guy's jumping, you're thinking, that's weird, I should get out of the way, I don't know what he's going to do. Who does that in the middle of a fight? You know, like, it's, yeah, it's, no. it's very easy to understand, and so people just get into it. 2D fighters always have that but they get restricted in movement because all you want to do in a 2d fighter is sidestep like for the <laughs> yeah, love of god the man, sidestep the fireball you know so everyone takes the 3d fighters because it's once you work once you understand how it plays it's intuitive because you're just another person in there with different rules but a 2d fighter is you have to learn how to play the game yeah. and, well, you, and, and, and that's the thing is it's like 2D fighters also just inherently, uh, like Tekken, uh, Tekken Tag Tournament 2, I think has one of the easiest, the lowest barriers of entry, both for its tutorial system, but, and 
because of the way that it's the characters are set up and the way that you fight. I where see, Tekken oh, has oh. Tekken has what like five hundred thousand moves or something like that in the game. It's huge. Like the list is fucking immense, way bigger than any other two D fighting game out there. The amount of shit that you can do in that game is out of control for every single character. But you can it's the way it's, you still feel like you're able you still feel powerful even if you can't do all 500,000 of those moves you know cuz when you throw a, when you push punch they throw a punch when you push another punch they throw another punch when you push both punches something different happens you know and it's just like you can kind of feel your way through it even though there's a huge uh, list of things that you can do in those games and there's a lot of complicated shit you can still have fun at a basic level because of how the game is put together. Yeah. It's even even left, like, you know, left punch, right punch. You're right. It's it's painfully simple. Yeah. I mean, the the execution in those games is what makes it so simple, and you can still do what you want to do. But, yeah, to go back to just in general, the games don't need to get simpler for the barrier of entry to go down. That's That's stupid. That's not what we're saying. But there needs to be something separate from versus mode and tournament mode that is that players can start from the very beginning and walk to a mid-level of play. Uh, you know, if you want to jump right into training mode and learn your one-frame links and just do whatever, the game should always let you do that. But there has to be, and the game can have, the game can be you know, blaze blue complicated. Like it can be that complicated, but it can't be front loaded. And there has to be an option for people who don't give a shit. There has to be a give a shit mode, you know, where you can go over there and not worry about any of the, like where you, you almost don't even see it. You don't even see the depth. The depth kind of creeps up on you in most fighting games. That's how it happened in Tekken. You know, like, you you play until you get to a point where you're like, I want to do that move on purpose. And then you learn that move. And then you're like, I wonder if I can find a move that links to that move. And then you build, and then you're learning combos. Yeah, but you're it, like, oh, yeah, I, I can knock him in the air, and then I can jab him a couple of times. I could do something more, you know? Yeah. It builds, yeah. But when you get into a, yeah, a 2D fighter, a lot of times, like, a 2D fighter, you feel like, oh, my God, I have to learn these moves just to win, not I have to learn these moves to get better. And well, and that's the thing, is how do we lower it from our end, is we have to change our expectations, first of all, from what we want our single players to be. We have to start saying, okay, you know, we, we have to, <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is don't be a douchebag, I guess. Like, <laughs> don't, well, go on, don't go online and send hate mail to people, because people are trying to learn, you know? Like, <laughs> it's, that's basic. <sighs> I, I, you know, I, that, I feel like we're sending letters to Santa on that one. Like, hey, asshole on the internet who hates his life, don't go on the internet where you're anonymous and pick on people who you'll never have to look in the eye. I, I, I don't think that's ever going to go away. But we can um, encourage or encourage a change. But I think where I'm going with all of this is the way to mitigate some of that is we need to find ways to make these things a social experience, um, you know, because we always say when you suffer side by side, it just doesn't feel as bad. You know what I mean? When you're when you're playing a game together, even if you're taking turns or whatever, if you're playing with another person side by side and you're both in the same place, any way you can think of to make a fighting game social, you say you're like, you know, I, I want to try Guilty Gear XRD because you guys have convinced me. I've never played a fighting game before, but you know what? I'm, I trust you. I'll give it a shot. Let us tell you right now. Bring a friend over who's also willing to do that or whatever and just start banging it out together. We're all in it together. You know, and this is something that I I got I to gotta look up. I got to look and see. But why the fuck is it so hard to get a, a fighting game with stable internet and have like an arcade style room where we could all chat. They had it in uh, Soul Calibur, but uh, I haven't seen it in, in many of the other games, really. They actually I mean, had that in Soul Calibur. <laughs> you could actually do that. I'm uh, saying, like, th- that would help a lot. Thanks, Nico. <laughs> yeah, like, you get in the room. God damn, see? 
Already, they're already ahead of me. Um, all right, well, fuck. Uh, Why doesn't exist in any of the games that matter today? I don't know. I assume Arc System doesn't have the money, and Capcom doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I guess Namco did it, and it was just too expensive for too little game. Yeah. But that would make a huge difference, because... I remember we tried to do some games online with you, me, and uh, and our buddy Mark, and that shit was rough. <laughs> like, wait, in what? In which game? Uh, was it um, it wasn't King of Fighters. Was it uh, was it Blaze Blue? It was probably Blaze Blue. Yeah. It was Blaze Blue, and like the root, it got the lag was terrible at certain points. Yeah, it's not terrible when you do one on one, but when you get to like group. Group rooms. Oh no, it was actually Street Fighter. It was Street Fighter when we did that. We did a we did a player match. Oh, that's around right. Rock. That's what it was. Uh, yeah, no, that was, that was bullshit. <laughs> like there, there's uh, there's no social elements built into the game, and I'm gonna go ahead on a, and go out on a limb and say there isn't gonna be one for a while. So we need to do that ourselves. Uh, we need to find social experiences with games. You need to have Wednesday night fights. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, we gotta go back to that arcade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, guys, if you um, that's uh, that's our main topic. I mean, barrier of entry. It's something that's always gonna be a problem uh, for fighting games. But I think in the future, it's gonna go the way of StarCraft, and it's gonna be a much easier. And the only barrier of entry is gonna be what people tell you about instead of what you actually see. Uh, in games, where like people will tell you StarCraft is this crazy difficult game, but if you pick it up, you'll be able to play through the story and be like, this is kind of awesome. I, I might want to try this online. Uh, so I think that's where we're headed. But yeah, we need to need to focus a little more on having a separate competitive mode and uh, and uh, yeah, we need to. I think we need to just have competitive mode and story mode, and story mode stops being arcade mode because. What the fuck? Arcades aren't even arcades anymore, so we need to just get rid of that. <laughs> and so you have multiplayer and story mode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that's our that's our main topic. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And let's uh, let's jump on in with our with our character of the week. So uh, our character of the week this week was submitted by you, the people. If you'd like to submit a character of the week, send us an email at keepitclassypodcast at gmail so our character of the week this week is from Super Smash Bros. Melee. And if you guys watch uh, Evo 2014, <laughs> you're going to see this game. Okay? Like, it's gonna, you're going to see it. Uh, and this character is Falco. So, Savage, why don't you give us a little bit of a breakdown, give us a visual breakdown, storyline, whatever, of who Falco really is. You know, you know what's funny is uh, I was gonna say he's Starscream, but like, has Starscream even been in the Transformer movies? Like, is Starscream a reference? He's in the to... second one, but then he, I think, dies. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, so you know what? Because Falco is Falco. He he used to be the Starscream of Team Fox, and it, for all the kids that don't know what Starscream is, he's that nigga in the background always talking shit, but never wants to run anything. <laughs> yeah. And he's always like, man, you're fucking up, homie. I would have done this shit. Oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. But I just want to tell you how you could have done it better. <laughs> yeah. That's Starscream. We, uh, there's, I have a cousin in my family that does that, and on all of our phones when he calls, it's a picture of Starscream. <laughs> Falco is that guy from the Super Nintendo all the way to my fucking 3DS. Whenever I'm trying to do some shit, I got this parakeet asshole bitching about something. <laughs> and the best part is, when you actually play against him in Smash Bros, just like Starscream, he's great at shooting you in the back like a bitch. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. Because you know how he'll get you killed? He'll shoot you in the back while you're trying to kill someone else. And when you chase him, you'll chase him right off a cliff. And then he's just fine. Fucking flame kicking away like an asshole. I fucking hate Falco. I fucking hate him. And you know what? Whenever you see a bitch nigga bitching about something you're doing, you call him Falco. Because that's what Falco is. He's fucking, he's French for bitch. 
Oh, yeah. No, because in the Falco's, um, for those of you who never played Star Fox, it's a starship fight. It's a starship game where you, you're like in these like, it's like a dog fighting game where you're flying through space and you're blowing up giant monsters and shit like that. It's awesome. And you've got a team and they're all like humanoid versions of these different animals. Falco is a falcon. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, you you play as Star Fox, and then there's Falco, Slippy the Toad, and Peppy the, Peppy the Bunny. Uh, yeah, and Falco's always that dude that's like, nice try, Fox. You oh think you're God. hot shit, man? And he's like on fire, like going down in smoke. He's like, you think you know what you're doing, Fox? Man, you should go back to the great Fox, and blah, blah. And you're like, fuck you, Falco. But you lose points for shooting him, so you can't shoot him. Fuck, I hate Falco so much. <laughs> But in the game, he's 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 a lot worse. He's like he is one of the top tier bullshit characters of this game. And here's the thing: like Falco has like uh, he he's got a lot of tools that are really kind of gimmicky. Like he's got a gimmick that he does. He's got a gimmick. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You play a character like Marth or you know Sheik or whatever. You're really fast. You run around the screen. You can counter people. You got all these crazy combos and shit. No, Falco has a gimmick and it works really well. And it's, he's got this really fast, when he jumps, he falls really quickly. And so what you do is you jump, and you fall, and you do your down smash in the air, and, he, and it's called the spike, and he hits you with the heel of his boot, and it bounces your head off the bottom of the screen, okay? And so you bounce. And then he's got a, a reflector shield, right? Because he can reflect projectiles. Oh, yeah, after he shoots you in the back. Yeah, he's like, oh, you, you got some projectiles? Fuck you. No, you don't. He goes, wink, and he it makes it, it makes a little shine noise. He goes, wink. So they call it the spike and the shine. So when he does his shine, he hits you with his fucking uh, reflector shield, because if you touch the reflector shield, you get flung away. And in this case, Falco, it shoots you straight up in the air. So he shines and shoots you back up in the air again, and then he jumps, and surprise, he spikes you back down. And he does the same thing until you're until you're ready to get kicked off into oblivion, and then he just smashes you off into oblivion. Oh my god, I hate Falco so much. <laughs> That's the gimmick with Falco. <laughs> it's spike, shine, spike, shine, spike, shine. Oh, they got away from you? You shoot them with your stupid-ass gun that does like 3% damage, like no damage. But when you get shot, you stop dead in your tracks. Yes. <laughs> it's just like you just got shot with a laser. It's like, yeah, but who gives a bird a gun? Yeah, no. He And he just shot, and he's like, yeah, shot you on Falco, and he can shoot really... He doesn't shoot as fast as Fox does. But yeah, that's that's Falco, man. Like, that's him in a nutshell. Spike, shine. Spike, shine. Oh, you're not dead yet? Shine. Shine, and you're fucking dead. Like, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. He's Falco. He doesn't give a shit. But hey, you know... Everyone loves him. Yay. Yeah, he's... But, but he's, you remember, you call him out. When you see bitch niggas, you call them Falcos, all right? <laughs> it's like, look at them. Look at all those Falcos over there sucking all those dicks. But, uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what you do with Falco. That's how that's how he's busted his shit, and he can, you know, he's got a super high jump arc. He's fucking ridiculous. I dare you to try and catch him with that fucking, what is it, jetpack, whatever thing he does? It's called the fight... It's called the Fire Falco. Oh, for Christ's sake. He sets himself on fire with a jetpack, and he shoots off with a flying kick. And you can't really... You can kind of kick him out of it if you if, you're, if you have, like, a, a sword or something like that. But otherwise, you get the fuck out of the way. Because <laughs> you're not stopping him. Uh, and he goes, fire! And he, like, flies across the screen. He's such a douchebag. But, but, you know, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. He's still not as bad as Meta Knight. No, because, uh, but yeah, no, this is, this is Falco from Melee, dude. Falco in, uh, he got nerfed in Brawl with, with Meta Knight. Oh, but, uh, I'm sorry. I, I get, I get these two games mixed up. Cause, uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna do it. You promised you wouldn't hate on Melee! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. Listen, listen, listen. I'm keeping it classy. I'm sorry. No, it's, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing nice to say. I'm looking. I'm thinking. I swear to God, I'm thinking. I, I really love. I really love. <laughs> you can't even say it. Can you say one nice thing about this game? Oh man. Okay. I I love. I I used to love this game. <laughs> I, 
I used to love this game. And and it might give me knots in my stomach, but I'm kind of excited to play the new one. Yeah, that was nice. See, there you go. You can do it if you really try. I just, I fucking broke a sweat. I literally broke a sweat and I bit my lip doing that. Oh my god, that's... So how do you uh how do you play against Falco Savage? If though that's how you if that's how you play as him, you spike and you shine. And you spike and you shine and then you smash him off the edge and you are unstoppable. How do you beat Falco? Okay, okay. Well my my experience has always been to play Pikachu and use your quick dash to avoid it. Avoid him until someone else does the work and then kill the both of them. That's how I get down. And what because if uh, it's one on one? I don't. That's not how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's not called Smash Bros. Because we're gonna have a fair fight. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's, it's not how I get down. It's all of us, and we're getting dirty, or not at all. Because one on one, he's just gonna shoot me. I'm a, I'm a rat. Gonna <laughs> get shot. And I'm gonna die. It's gonna be terrible. But no, when everyone has their back turned, then I'm a danger. He's, uh, he's, uh, I would say the way to beat Falco is to pick a better character than him. I got, I don't really know any other way to say that <laughs> than pick a better character than him or make him really frustrated. But like I said, like, his shit has tons of priority. And I used to play, who did I play? I played fucking Mario. I played a lot of Mario. The more you keep him on the ground, let me, let me put it to you this way. It's easier for him to hit with his spike than it is to hit with his shine. So he's weaker when he's on the ground than when he's flying through the air, okay? So the more you hit him on the ground, the more you kind of juggle him around like that and you stay the fuck away from underneath him. Whenever, Don't let him ever get above you. Always be above him. You always want to be above Falcon. <laughs> Gotta be above it. Just like in the game. You're like, I'm not going to shoot you down and tell the fucking commander that Slippy did it. Like, I'm not going to do that because I'm above it, Falco. I'm above you. I don't need that in my life, okay? Yeah. You don't need the other, you don't need all these Falcos keeping you down. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so you know you just you gotta stay above him, man. You gotta be above it. You gotta, you gotta leave him alone. And and if you're playing with other people, you have to just gang up on him and fuck the shit out of him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, everything should stop. You should wreck that dude and then get back to business. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, and play with items. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's like Sackboy in uh, All Star. Like, stop what you're doing, kill Sackboy, go back to what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's our that's our character of the week. Man, Falco does t- pull up a a very special kind of knot in my stomach when I think about all the adventures we've been through together. And all the bitching that he just does. I'm telling you, dude, Falco is the poster child for bitch niggas. <laughs> I, I feel like Chris Brown should have a medallion of Falco on his neck, you know? Like, you know? And who's that other rapper that likes to cry a lot? Uh, Drake. Like, just <laughs> any nigga that ever cried on an album should get a big Falco medallion. <laughs> It's just, and it's like, even when you played Star Fox Adventure, where you didn't even set foot in a starship until the very last thing, and Falco shows up, he's like, here I am to save you again. I'm like, oh my god, fuck you! I just here, saved this whole fucking planet, you piece of shit, get away from me! Here's my best, here's the best story for Falco. My dad's a 73-year-old religious black guy that lives in Alabama and goes to church five days a week. Uh, he loves Star Fox games, and he bought Star Fox Adventure one time because he thought it was like a flying game, not knowing it was an adventure game. Started playing that shit, and my only memory of that game was he's like, why didn't you tell me this game had, doesn't have a plane in it till the very end? <laughs> and he's like, I was like, oh, Dad, what you have told me? He's like, man, and this fucking bird. <laughs> <laughs> He just, I'll never forget him. Just Falco says something. He's like, this fucking bird. And that's <laughs> Falco all over. He made an old church-going 
southern old man go, that fucking bird. <laughs> like, just, he only talked about, like, just, I don't even know, I, you had to do him wrong, personal wrong, for him to talk about you like that. But now, Falco, oh yeah, if Falco was a real life person, my dad shoot him. <laughs> yeah, That's dude. Falco. He's he's the one sitting in the back telling you how to take those turns. <laughs> You're just like, get the fuck out of my car, man. Doesn't even know how to drive stick. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, so that was our character of the week. Hopefully you guys uh, had a good time. Before we uh, before we round out every show, we like to do uh, a little bit of Q and A. Uh, and this Q and A was submitted by Nor Charles. So thank you, Nor Charles. Uh, and again, if you'd like to submit a Q and A, send us a podcast or send us a, an email at keepitclassypodcast at gmail dot com. Wait, isn't that the one chick that did that one song about how she didn't come? What? No, it's no. from a it's from a book. No, Nora. No, no, I'm thinking Nora Jones. No, it's not Nora Jones, dude. That's no, it's, from a, it's from a <laughs> from a fantasy book. Okay. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, you know. You know, what song was she talking about? She didn't know why she didn't come. But uh, she wasn't talking about coming, coming. She was talking about coming. Like, well, I assumed she was talking about coming somewhere. Going somewhere. Actually, yes, going somewhere. Why she didn't show? Why she didn't show up? Yes, but she didn't word it like that. Which you know, so music. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank thank you, North Charles, for your uh, for your submission. Uh, and uh, Nora Charles asks, if you guys could make a fighting game based on any characters, comic, TV show, etc., what would you make? Oh, shit. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Keep this one, I'll keep this one short and sweet. If anyone played the 4v4, like, Bleach game on, uh, the, on the DS, like, ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see a version of that where I get to make my own guy and then pick my own skills and just play like a 2D fighter where I get to, like using a point system, customize my own fighter and play in a Bleach game. Okay, so Bleach. So so Bleach would be the the character comic, whatever, that you base it on. Yeah, I feel feel like that would work well because they all have similar thing. You get a sword, and depending on the type of person you are, it does something special. So, hey, let me make a guy and play that game. I would do, let's see. You know know what I would do? I would do, this is going to get a little niche, going to get a little nerdy, but I don't care. If I could do... Any fight, a fighting game based on any characters, I would do a fighting game based on the manga Grappler Baki. <laughs> which is what I talked about in the in the past where, like, you know, all around the world, like, all these different, like, masters from different fighting styles. Grappler Baki is, like, a, sh- a manga about martial arts, martial arts manga, and it takes some of the, like archetypal characters from history in all the most deadly, awesome martial, like actual martial arts style, like you can go out and learn, uh, and it makes them just go over the top and just tear, just be terrible to each other for a bit. <laughs> so over the top. I do love that manga. So I would, cause you get, yeah, like you could, if I could play, the, there's a dude who does fucking Kyokushin karate who like, he fought a tiger and won. It punched out a tiger, and he like he lost his eye fighting the world's strongest man. There's a caveman in that thing. Who <laughs> he got he got they found him flash frozen, drop kicking the jaw off of a T Rex. <laughs> there's a dude in there who's uh, there's a boxer. There's Muhammad Ali, and there's Muhammad Ali's son. So Muhammad Ali's son is in it, and he's badass. Uh, yeah, it's, there's a, there's a crazy fucking Kempo guy who's like, he's got the, he looks like Fang from Tekken Tag Tournament 2. He's got that super long braid and he does like the one inch punch that like blows holes in concrete walls and shit. And then there's just the dude who's just a brawler. Like there's, there's a giant fucking, what's his, like Yakuza fucking monster. Yeah, Haniyama, because whenever he punches someone, he usually goes, Haniyama! And then they die. (laughs) Like... He punched the dude so hard, and that anime, his spine shattered. He broke a man's spine with his fist. That's insane. Yeah. That would be an over-the-top 
fucking uh, fighting game, actually. Yeah, I'd want it to be Grappler Baki, and I'd want it to be like a combination between like what the the pace of Street Fighter, but the feel of Blaze Blue. You know, I want to just well, actually, that's not true. I want it to just be Tekken. <laughs> I want it to be a, a a different version of a better version of Tekken, and wow. I want it to be Grappler Baki. And yeah, no, Hanayama is awesome. Yeah, he gets. Someone puts a bunch of bullets in his mouth and then punches him <laughs> and sets the bullets off in his mouth. It's crazy. And anyway. He's still in the fight. <laughs> and there's uh, the, the main villain in that fucking thing is like the world's strongest man and he like, all his fighting stance is like the come at me bro. And he flexes so hard the muscles in his back look like a demon face. It's so crazy. Alright. As, as you say that, I'm just picturing this over the top 3D fighter. That would be pretty boss. Yeah, like a Marvel 3D fighter. <laughs> you could just fly around. Anyway, that's what I would say. I would say Grappler Baki, and you have all the different martial arts style, but it's not boring like Virtual Fighter. You know, like... Oh, my God. You know what? We're, we're, we were doing all of this, and I, and I just said the stupidest thing. And everything you said was awesome, but it was ridiculous in the, in the fact that I just want a good Dragon Ball Z fighting game. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's kind of true, too. Like, fuck all the dumb shit. I just saw a YouTube video of some guys that took that Mugen system and made a demo for, like, a 2D Dragon Ball Z game. And I'm watching this demo, and I'm thinking, all I want in my life is a really good Dragon Ball Z game. I don't care if I have to play it with my dick. I will play it if it's good, man. Anything. It could be 3D, 2D. Shit, it could be a real-time strategy for all I care. If it's good, I will play the fuck out of it. Yeah, no, a really good Dragon Ball Z fighting game is, is, is close up. <sighs> fuck. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, thank you uh, thank you again, Nora Charles. And, again, if you guys want to submit a question, just send it to uh, keepitclassypodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, so, so do you have any shout-outs you'd like to give to, sa- uh, to people savage, or are you, uh, are you about ready to call it quits? I'm definitely going to give a shout-out to Nora Jones. Um, I don't know why she didn't come. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You guys, uh, you guys stay sexy out there. Oh, catch you guys next time. Oh.